Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Canyon Creek Baptist Church, where our goal is to know Jesus and make Jesus known. To learn more about Canyon Creek, visit us online at creekfamily.org. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Josh Murray. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you doing this morning? Hey, it's good to see you. I want to welcome you to Canyon Creek. I also want to take a second and welcome those who are joining us online from home for our live stream service. Uh, we're glad that you're tuning in today. And if you're here for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time, I want to ask you to do me a favor and fill out our Connect card during the service today. Uh, there's a few different ways you can do that. You can do it digitally. Uh, there's a QR code and a number on the screen behind me. You can text us if you want. Uh, or if you received a paper bulletin on your way in, there's a little card in there you can fill out and tear out and drop in the plates as you leave today. We just want to get some information from you so that we can serve you the best way that we can. Uh, but man, I'm glad you're here today. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about the power of our words. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, I told you and we talked about how our desire for you as a church is for you to truly experience transformation in Jesus, not just cope through the rest of your life with the addition of Jesus. You know, it's my prayer for you is that you would really experience that transformation, that you would experience the freedom that he died to give you, that you would experience the victorious power of his resurrection in your life. And our desire as a church is to help equip you for that. Uh, And the good news is sometimes uh, there's some practical things we can do to help us get there. Uh, and I, you know, really want to talk through a few of these things uh, as, we, as we gather together on Sundays, just practical ways that God has given us uh, to experience that transformational power of Jesus. We don't ever just want to say, well, you really need to pray. We want to show you how to do that. You know, we don't ever just want to say, you need to read your Bible. We want to show you how. And in the same way, we don't ever just want to be a church that says, you need to experience the transformational power of Jesus. We want to help you figure out how to do that. So today, uh, I want to help you understand one practical way that you can begin to experience some of that transformation in your life. Uh, And so many of us, I feel like we don't experience it because we don't use the tools that God has given us. And we constantly feel like we're just hitting a wall in life. Have you ever felt that way before? Have you ever felt like you're stuck? You just can't get past this point that you're at. You're just stuck behind this wall. And that's where we end up. We end up stuck hitting the same wall over and over and over again. And a lot of the times it's because we're just not using the right tools. All right. The Bible tells us that God has given us freedom over the sin in our lives. He's freed us from the power of sin, and that's an amazing thing. But in order to experience that freedom, we have to learn how to walk in it, right? In other words, we've been freed once and for all, but we have to walk in that freedom in order to really experience it. We have to figure out how to practically walk it out. And I feel like that's where a lot of us get stuck. I think as we look at all these puzzles, there's a few pieces that we're missing. And these pieces, I believe, are the tools that God has given us to experience that freedom or that victory or that transformation in Jesus. And that's what's holding us back. Uh, In terms of today, we're going to talk about the power of our words. This is how we think it usually works out. We think what I believe in my heart determines my actions. And how many of you wish it were that simple, right? But if it were that simple, I feel like we'd be in a different place. But this is how we think it works. What I believe in my heart begins to show up in my actions. And yes, that may be true, but it doesn't work this way. It doesn't seem to, at least, right? Because we see a whole lot of brokenness in the world, even among Christians, who believe in their heart that God is who he says he is. 
so what we believe in our heart doesn't seem to always show up in our actions. I think there's a few pieces of the puzzle that we're missing. I think it looks maybe more like this. We have our heart, which then influences our mind, which then influences our actions. Uh, what I believe in my heart, right, determines how I think, which then begins to show up in the way I live my life and my actions. The problem with this is you might believe something in your heart, but it gets a little bit jumbled up in your mind. It gets a little bit twisted in your mind before it begins to show up in your actions. In other words, something in our mind twists and bends things a little bit, and it doesn't always reflect what we believe in our hearts. There's a disconnect between our heart and our mind. Okay? Remember what Paul said at the beginning of Romans chapter 12. He said this, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed. How? He says, by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Paul says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Be transformed instead. And according to Paul, how do we do that? He says, by the renewing of your mind. In other words, your heart might be in the right place, but you need to renew your mind in order for it to begin to flow into your actions. So we have heart, mind, and actions. If there's a disconnect between my heart and my actions, it's because something is not properly aligned with my heart, and that has to be my mind. And this happens when my heart's in the right place, but my actions aren't showing it. And again, that happens when my heart and my mind aren't aligned properly. And this is exactly where we get stuck, right? We believe it in our hearts. We want to grow. We have that desire. We believe that Jesus died on the cross for us. We believe that he rose from the dead. We believe that that same power is alive in me. I believe in the person that he's calling me to become and the plans that he has for my life. I believe it in my heart, but it's not showing up in the way I live my life. And it's because it's getting lost somewhere right here. It's getting jumbled in your mind. It's getting twisted in your mind. It's because there's a disconnect between your heart and your mind. What you believe here isn't making its way up here. And that is the piece of the puzzle that we're missing. It's this transformational power of Jesus. It happens when we renew our minds. So like I said, I think we're missing this piece of the puzzle. And I believe the missing piece is the pathway to get our hearts and our minds aligned properly. And it's this, it's your words, all right? So we have our heart, our words, our mind, and our actions. As our words that we speak begin to reflect God's truth, as they begin to reflect what we believe in our hearts, it transforms our mind, which then flows into our actions and how we live our lives. Okay? The words you speak from your heart have the power to transform your mind and change your life. What we believe in our heart needs to show up in the words that we speak so that we can allow our minds to be transformed so that our lives can begin to change. Does that make sense? So the words that you speak, they're directing your mind. In other words, you can't say anything without it directing your mind, okay? If your mind is off, it's off because that's where your words have led you, okay? The Bible teaches us that our words are how we get what's in our heart to begin to transform our minds. And as that happens, we begin to look a little bit more like the person God is calling us to become. 
So the words that you speak, they have the power to break you through that wall that you constantly feel stuck behind. James gives us this incredible description of exactly what I'm saying in James chapter 3. Starting in verse 2, he says this. For we all stumble in many ways. He says, if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is mature, able also to control the whole body. Now, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we direct their whole bodies. And consider ships, though very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So too, the tongue is a small part of the body. It boasts great things. He says, consider how a small fire sets ablaze a large forest. And the tongue, he says, is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among our members. It stains the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. He says, every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed and has been tamed by humankind, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in God's likeness. He says, blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. James says, though the tongue is a small part of the body, it makes a huge impact, right? Like bits in the mouths of horses, like rudders on the bottoms of ships, your words direct your life. And by carefully choosing the words that you speak, you can guide the parts of your life that you can't control. Maybe you're thinking, yeah, I really can't control my mind. I don't know about you, but my mind is an animal of its own, right? I can't always control what's coming in and what's going out. The words that you speak have the power to direct your mind, like bits in the mouths of horses, like rudders on the bottoms of ships, right? Proverbs says it this way in Proverbs 18, 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The second part of this verse doesn't quite make sense to us. Another translation says, those who love to talk will reap the consequences, right? Death and life are in the power of your words, And that's a choice we need to wake up and make. Are my words bringing life or are they bringing death? Are my words life-giving or are they destructive? That's a reality check that we all need to have today. Your words are making a massive impact on the direction of your life. The question is, are you using them well? Okay. I think the reality for most of us is that we're not using our words at all. They just happen, right? Can anybody identify with that? Can anybody relate to that? You're like, my words, they just happen. I just open my mouth and they come out, right? We have to use our words in a strategic way to help us get where God's calling us to be. The rudders of our lives, we're not using them intentionally. And then we wonder why we're not in a better place than we're at, right? It's because we're not using the tools God has given us, okay? Think about it like driving a car. If you just got in a car and stepped on the gas without using the steering wheel, What's going to happen? You might be okay for a little bit, but eventually you're going to cause a major accident and it's not going to be good. And that's how so many of us live our lives. We just push the gas and we go. And we're surprised then when we crash and burn, right? But we're not directing our lives. We're not steering our lives. And according to James, we do that with the words that we speak. So if you're stuck today, you're hitting a wall, it may be because you're not using the tools God has given you. 
I think the reality for so many of us is that we have absolutely no idea how to use our words to transform our minds and renew our minds and change our lives. You might agree with everything that I'm saying. You might be thinking, yeah, I know this, right? And we may intuitively know this, but do we know how to do it? I don't think so. So I wanna show you today a few practical ways that we can begin to do this. We don't wanna continue living our lives stuck because we don't know how to use the tools God has given us. If we truly can harness the power of our words, I believe we'll begin to experience some transformation in our minds and in our lives. So my prayer for you this week is that you can stop hitting that wall. My prayer for you is that you'll stop feeling stuck. It's that you'll begin to experience in your life that transformational power of Jesus. And I believe this is one small way we can tap into that, all right? So what does the Bible say about the power of our words? Here's the first thing, number one. Your words are the pathway to freedom from temptation, okay? How many of you know this? When you get saved, sin doesn't just disappear, does it? No. You get saved, that temptation, it doesn't just disappear, does it? No. You get saved, those bad habits, they don't just disappear, do they? No. Maybe there are some miraculous occasions where God really moves powerfully and miraculously in someone's life and the temptation is gone the moment they're saved. But for the other 99% of us, okay, we accept Jesus and those temptations, they hang around, right? The other 99% of us, we accept Christ and those old habits, they hang around. We've been freed from the power of sin, but the temptation is still there and it's difficult. And there comes a point in time where we have to choose, do I wanna walk forward in this new life that God has given me or am I going to remain stuck in this temptation and sin, okay? I always like to remind you, remember God's commands aren't there to ruin your fun, right? They're there to protect you. They're there to save you. They're there to, to guide you and call you into the good life that he has planned for you. I was talking to someone a couple weeks ago and they were like, yeah, I feel like God's commands are just like a fence. They're trying to keep me in. I'm like, they are a fence trying to keep you from jumping off of a cliff and ruining your life, okay? But it's not a pin. They're not there to trap you. They're there to keep you in a good place. They're there to keep you from destroying your life and being destructive. So how do we begin to grow? How do we begin to move forward? How do we begin to experience this life that God has in store for us? Once we've given our lives to him, we're still struggling with some of those same old things. It's probably because our hearts have changed, but our minds haven't caught up quite yet, right? You love Jesus. You believe it in your heart. You want to follow him. You know that his ways are right for your life, but you still have all of these years of habits and mindsets that are running rampant in your life. And those habits, those mindsets, they're causing destruction for you. And in order for us to overcome that, we have to speak God's truth over our lives so that our minds become aligned with our hearts and our actions will begin to flow out of that, okay? Your words, they're the pathway to freedom from temptation. In order to overcome sin and temptation, you need to use your words to speak God's truth into your life so that your mind becomes aligned with your heart, right? Maybe you're struggling with greed. How do you overcome that? You remind yourself that God is your provider, you remind yourself that he promises to give you everything you need before you even ask him, right? That's what the Bible tells us. And as we say those words, they begin to align our hearts with our minds so that what we believe in our heart begins to renew and transform our minds. And that's how we change our lives. That's it. 
Maybe you're struggling with unforgiveness. How do we overcome that sin, that temptation? You don't want that to turn into bitterness, so how do we fix it? Speak God's truth over it, right? Remind yourself that God has forgiven you for much, much more. Remind yourself that you don't have to bear the weight of justice because God alone carries the weight of justice. As you speak those words, they begin to align your mind and your heart. This is exactly how Jesus dealt with temptation, right? When Jesus faced temptation, he spoke God's truth over the situation. We have several examples of this in Matthew chapter four. Every time the devil shows up to tempt Jesus, what does he do? He speaks God's word. Let's take a look at verse one. It says, Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After he'd fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, no kidding, And the tempter approached him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And I want you to pay attention to how Jesus responds. He says, it is written. It is written. Man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. What does Jesus say? He says, no, it is written. In other words, he's saying, here's what God's word says. I'm not gonna do this your way because that's not what God wants for me. Scripture tells me that God's best for me is this. Man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, okay? Here's the the second time, verse five. says, the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, notice now he's fighting back with God's word. He will give his angels orders concerning you and they will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus says again, it is also written, do not test the Lord your God. Again, Jesus is tempted and again, he quotes scripture. Here's the third time, verse eight says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. And he said to Jesus, I will give you all of these things if you'll fall down and worship me. And Jesus says, go away, Satan, right? For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. He says, for it is written over and over and over again. It is written. What does Jesus do? Every single time he faces temptation, he speaks God's truth. When Jesus faces temptation, his immediate action is to speak his words and the content he chooses to speak is God's word. And in the same way, using your words to speak God's truth over your life is the pathway to freedom from temptation. That is how you transform your life and renew your mind. You remind yourself of what God has said and you allow these words to guide and direct your life. So whatever temptation you're dealing with, I wanna encourage you to find out what God has to say about it. Take a look at his word. Find out what he has to say. And then be ready when that temptation shows up in your life to say, hold on a minute, it is written, right? Have the words to say to redirect your mind into what God has in store for you. And when your mind gets out of alignment with your heart, which is natural for our state, we need to be able to speak it back into alignment. And the words that best align your mind with your heart are the words of God, right? The good news is we've got a whole big book full of them. So you need to arm yourself with some verses that you can use to speak God's truth over your life in moments of temptation. I believe that is the pathway to freedom. 
When you speak God's word over your life, your life begins to change. It transforms you. It renews your minds. It realigns your mind with your heart and what you believe right here. You might be thinking, well, I can't control my mind. I would say, yes, you can with your words, all right? You can redirect it. Here's the second thing we see. Number two, your words are the pathway to freedom from destructive mindsets. Now, this is a little bit different than temptation. For many of us, the core issue that we face are the destructive mindsets that we've trapped ourselves in. In your heart, you believe what God says about you. In your heart, you believe who God says you are. That belief has changed your heart, but it hasn't fully transformed your mind just yet, right? Maybe you believe in your heart that God has forgiven you, but in your mind, you're still living in shame. And that shame is directing your life. That shame is guiding where you go and what you do. Maybe you believe in your heart that God created you on purpose for a purpose, but in your mind, you still feel like God can never use you. You believe it in your heart, but your mind is still in the wrong place. Maybe you believe in your heart that you can overcome some things. You can be a a better person, a better parent, a better spouse, but in your mind, all you can think about are your failures and mistakes in your past. All you can think about are your faults. Every time you try to make progress in the right direction, your mind just goes right back to all the mistakes you've made. If you find yourself stuck hitting that wall over and over and over again, it might be because you're allowing the lies of the enemy to control your mind, direct your life, and lock you in this destructive mindset. That can come from the lies of the enemy. It can also come from what other people have said about you. Right? Maybe you believe in your heart what God says about you, but it hasn't made its way up to your mind just yet. We can become so self-deprecating that we begin to believe the way we beat ourselves up in our minds more than we believe who God says we are. And if our minds are what's determining the direction of our lives, then we need some renewal there. And the way we do it is with our words, all right? If we don't believe in our minds who God says we are, then we're gonna get stuck and we're never going to experience all of the goodness that he has in store for us. And maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe you're stuck. Maybe you're just hitting that same wall over and over and over again. Maybe your life is being directed more by what the enemy has said about you than what God has said about you. What do you need to do? You need to use your words to get your mind realigned with what you believe in your heart. It's amazing what happens as you begin to speak into your mind what God says about you. When you get your mind realigned with your heart, it'll begin to show up in the way you live your life. I'm reminded of this verse in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. The Bible tells us that faith comes from hearing, okay? Hearing the good news about Jesus. If faith comes from hearing, then I think we need some more hearing in our lives, And here's what that means. That means you need to get really good at preaching to yourself, okay? Because 99% of the time, when you're out on your own and you're walking through something, there's not gonna be somebody there to preach to you, right? If I'm the only one preaching truth to you, you're in trouble because this is one hour out of your week and you're not here more than that one hour. So you need someone to preach to you those other hours. That's you, You have to be able to preach to yourself. When you're having one of those moments, you need to begin to speak some words into your life that will renew your mind, right? Proverbs 18, 21, again, what does it say? It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. My question for you today is this, are you using your words for life or are you using them for death? 
Let me say it like this. Are you using your words or are your words using you? Okay. Now, not, nothing that I've said here today matters if you don't leave here and put it into practice. Nothing that I said matters if you don't leave here and apply it to your life. So if you feel like you're stuck, if you feel like your heart and your mind, they're not properly aligned, if you feel like there's a disconnect there, if you feel like you're hitting a wall, if you feel like you're just coping and dragging Jesus through your life, put this into practice. Find some words to speak over your life and watch how they change your mind, renew your mind, and transform your life. The words that you say, I believe it, can change your life if you will use them. All right, let me pray for you this morning. Father, we bow before you today and we just ask this morning, God, that you would transform our lives. We ask this morning that you would renew our minds with your word. Help us, Father, to use our words to realign our hearts and our minds with your truth. God, we want our words to be a reflection of your love and grace, transforming our minds, our actions, renewing our lives. So give us, Father, a greater desire to fill our mind with your word so that when temptation comes, we're able to fight that temptation just as Jesus did. Give us the strength, Father, to use our words to free us from temptation and the destructive mindsets that we trap ourselves in. God, we want to experience the fullness of the freedom that you sent Jesus to die to give us and we pray that we would walk in that freedom today. God, may our words reflect what you say about us and may they shape our minds, our actions, and our lives for the better. With heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment. Maybe you're here this morning and that's where you're at. You're feeling stuck. You're feeling trapped behind that wall. You're stuck in some temptation. You're stuck in some destructive mindsets. Maybe you're trapped in a life that is far less than what Jesus died and rose from the dead to give you. The good news is you can experience that life. You can experience forgiveness and salvation in a relationship with Jesus Christ because God sent him to this world and he lived a perfect life and died a sinner's death on a cross and he was buried in a tomb, but he came out of it alive so that we could be forgiven of our sins, so that we could know God, so that we could spend eternity in heaven with him. So if that's you today, you wanna place your faith and your trust in Jesus. I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me this morning. Church, let's make this our prayer together. Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me today. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and that you rose from the dead so that I could be saved. So today I turn away from my sin and I invite you to come into my heart and into my life so that I can know you and trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. I give it all to you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You've been listening to the official podcast of Canyon Creek Baptist Church. If you made a decision to commit your life to Jesus or would like to get connected with Canyon Creek, visit us online at creekfamily.org forward slash connect and fill out a connect card. Thanks again for joining us.